This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Raider Nation, what is going on? Minicamp is rolling out in Henderson, and we're here to talk about it, here to talk to you on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Yes, we talk Las Vegas Raiders football, and I say we, of course, because I bring in my partner, my broadcast partner, my good friend. That is Mr. Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report, back from a little break that he had finally got a couple days to unwind. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at LV Gully. The show is SNB today. First of all, my friend, how do you feel? You get uh, get those batteries a little recharged? It's kind of odd because coming back from a break, especially a week-long break, you're kind of – you have to get back into the flow of everything. Not that I <laughs> – not that I it's, you know, it's like riding a bicycle. when You know, you know how to ride a bike. You know how to ride a bike forever. Oh, but yeah. Here, it's just kind of like – especially with the riding portion of things, you have to get back. You have to reestablish your flow so that I'm still working on. Of course, yesterday I put out a piece on Chase Young. Of course, the Rays weren't on the list of – potential trade destinations, but I think it was an important piece because as we go into the dead period of, of the NFL where there are no OTAs, no military minicamp, nothing going on, you're going to start to hear a lot about more trade buzz and more players that could be traded before training camp, so just look out for that. Yeah, absolutely. you got to read most stuff. Uh, please do, and make sure you also follow him. I forgot to mention Raiders columnist up on sportsnot.com. He's got a piece up there once a week as well. So if you follow him on Twitter, trust me, you'll you'll see all the stuff. It's the easiest thing you can do. The show also retweets that. So either one you're following, you're going to get it there. But Mo, let's jump in because uh, minicamp obviously ends today in Henderson. Started on Tuesday. Um, and we saw Ian Rappaport yesterday talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. That, hey, all those people who were out there ready to... Uh, say the seven horsemen of the apocalypse was coming because of Jimmy G having surgery and the whole contract thing, the addendum, he uh, is ahead of schedule. And the feeling is there's not a chance he'll miss camp is what Rappaport said. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. What do you make of that? I'll tell you what I think of it in a second. Uh, but what do you make of that, especially in light of a lot of Raider Nation 
had a lot of angst and heartburn over the fact that, look, number one, we knew he was a injury-prone quarterback to begin with. And number two, the whole thing comes out about the foot we talked about on the show. But now it appears he's on track. Do you believe that? And number two, uh, is it still something that you're concerned about? So I'll start with question two, my concern. And I think I said this before I went on a, a week-long hiatus that you don't reach for the panic button until training camp gets here, which is late July, early August, and he's not on the field and not practicing. I thought that was the, uh, so to speak, the soft deadline for Jimmy Garoppolo's recovery timeline. So I was not, I, my concern was that he's an injury prone quarterback to begin with. <laughs> so uh, I think that was the primary concern. Now you add on this latest, the latest foot injury that he had, had to have surgery after Fortnite's deemed that he didn't have to have surgery. It was kind of like, I'll just wait and see, Wake me up July, late July, early August, and then I'll tell you how I feel about my concern level. But it wasn't high. Uh, it was already just kind of in a default mode because of Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history. The other thing, what do I think about Ian Rappaport's comment or his report about Jimmy G being ahead of schedule or should be uh, ready for training camp? A lot of these reports, and we talked about this before we went on air, I'm sure it was Josh McDaniels as the team source that told him, <laughs> yeah, he's he's ahead of schedule. He, yeah. We expect him to be back by training camp. So I don't read too much into it um, because it's probably coming directly from the team, which is a message that they've been putting out consistently over the past week or so that, you know, there's nothing to worry about here, nothing to see here. Jimmy G is going to be ready. And that's the message that they want to put out. And they fed that to probably fed it to Ian Rappaport. And yeah. he reported and he did his job. So that's that's what he he did what he was supposed to do and the Raiders did what they're going to do and try to put out a positive message to let people know, you know, just calm down. He'll be ready again. Wake me up when it's late July, early August, and then we'll see what goes on if he's on the field and if he's practicing. Yes, exactly. And, and, and that's where we're at with the state of the NFL media is the fact that if you work for the NFL networks, uh, guess what? You get these scoops and they all come from the teams themselves because guess what that's how they control the information you don't see a lot of and i won't say it in general in general you see a lot less of the beat reporters in the cities breaking those stories right because they're funneling information through people they trust and people that are uh, on the payroll if you will and so uh, i think that's a perfect case of that now not saying it's not true because it could be true but i take it with a grain of salt and to your point mo i think that listen it is, again, early June. Uh, we're talking to you here on the 8th of June, listening to this show. Okay, we got a ways to go, folks. And it's going to be a, a boring dead period here coming up, basically, between now and camp starting. So uh, I know on the show here we'll have some interesting stuff, but it won't be around too much news uh, when it relates to that. But the other thing you're seeing coming out, because we have people on the ground, of course, covering practice, covering this mini camp is the fact that we're starting to see, wow, this player looks great. And this player, and, and listen, you're out there covering it. You have to, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not picking a bone with anybody in, in, in the media, our friends in the media, because we know a lot of those guys and we respect them all, but listen, you can't crown a starter in June. You can't say this kid could really fight for playing time because you don't know they're in a helmet and shorts and so I would tell people, because the Raiders do a great job of sharing a lot of stuff from minicamp. They had their three-hour content day. It was very well done the other day. And, and so we're seeing all this stuff. But remember, this is June. 
And Mo, when you look at minicamp, it's great because that means football is a month closer. I love it, okay? But fans got to be careful. Don't get too excited or too disappointed, for example, a player not there, which we're going to get to in the next segment, because uh, OTAs and minicamp, which we're going through now, are not going to tell you much. Right. I'll say I won't get too excited about the rookie progress reports because, as you said, the pads aren't on yet. They're running around in, you know, shorts and T-shirts. Nothing really. <laughs> nothing is really, you know, no in-depth game planning is going on yet. But what I will say is that I'm reading a lot of reports that Ja'Cory Ja'Cory Bennett has taken reps with the starters. So that is something yeah. that a rookie is getting some turn with with the first stringers and not just you know starting off as a as a third stringer and that's where he's going to stay. Uh, I said it on a previous show that the cornerback position is going to be a lot of competition there. Duke Shelley, mm-hmm. David Long Jr., Jacorian Bennett. Of course, Nate Hobbs is the number one guy right now, but that cornerback room is going to be very competitive come this summer. So that's something to watch out for. What, one thing I will note, though, that is important at these spring workouts, mandatory minicamp OTAs. Did you see Divine Diablo at the podium recently? Yes, sir. He bulked up. I believe he went from 225 to 238 and they told him that he was a little too big so he dropped down to 234 this may be why the Raiders weren't aggressive with their acquisition of a linebacker maybe they really believe in Devon Diablo taking an, another step in his third year and it seems like he wore he, he did wore the, wear the green dot at practices it doesn't mean he will wear it during the season but it's an indication that he's going to have a big role now I would still because our guy Dan South I believe I, I, a Raider fan Raider Loke on Twitter said hey you know, maybe we don't need Patrick Queen. We got Divine Diablo. And to, to Dan, mm-hmm. I will say, look, while the Divine Diablo may have a breakout year, you still want to have another cornerback and another linebacker in there who can cover because, again, Robert Spillane is a two-down linebacker. And Divine Diablo doesn't take the step that you think he's going to take. What's your plan B? So mm-hmm. I'm still on the Patrick Queen wagon. I'm still yelling acquire Patrick Queen, inquire about him to see what he's available for. Because to me, the Raiders just don't have enough talent, even if Devon Diablo is pretty good at the position to just ignore some acquisitions that can improve that position on the field. And we talked about it on, on Tuesday's show with Murph uh, slotting in for you when you were in Dubai with your harem. And um, <laughs> Shout out to Murph did a great job. Saw the clips. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You know, the one thing we talked about was the Raiders on that content day, Dave Ziegler, and you also have seen it from Josh McDaniels here in the press conferences through minicamp, which is something that we didn't necessarily take at face value last year, Mo, on the offensive line. And that is, it appears to me, and from what they said, and to your point about Divine Diablo, they like what they have. So, so the thinking in the building, even though we look at it from the outside and say they have no linebackers. They might look and say, no, we're going to roll with these guys like they did with the offensive line. Now, it was rocky start for the offensive line last year, but they sure did bring it together as the season went on and got a lot better. So that might be the thing. They might say, look, we're, we're, we're sticking with what we got. Now, I still think there's too many holes on that defense and they have to address them, but you're right. Competitive cornerback room. You have some safety uh, competition going on there as well. So these guys might be just, hey, we're rolling with what we have and so to your point, you can always try to get better. So if a Patrick Queen is available and they have a swing at him, you got to hope that they do that. But they may just roll into the season, adding maybe some bodies here and there, depending on what happens in camp, and go with what they have, Mo, the hand that they've been dealt. 
Here's what I would say if Josh McDaniels and his coaching staff told me, look, we're, we're going to roll with the linebacker group just like we rolled with our offensive line group last year. Here's my pushback to that. Josh McDaniels has established himself as a pretty decent offensive uh, play caller, right? I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people don't like Josh McDaniels, but let's be honest. I know he had Tom Brady, but he had the Matt Castle year, and he's had some years where, look, if you look at last year with the Raiders offense, was it a bad offense? No, they did not take you know advantage of some opportunities that it had. Even with Derek Carr's worst year statistically, one of his worst years, Devontae Adams still put up numbers, and that offense was still, I believe, top 11, top 12 in, in scoring in yards and or yards. So with him as a play caller, he's known for putting together a pretty good run game. A lot of people want to focus on the pass, but in New England, he had a pretty good ground attacks in New England with different running backs. So his offensive lines have been pretty good. So I believe it was Phil Robinson that came on our show last week, and he said Carmen Brasillo, one of the best pickups the Raiders have had, Carmen mm-hmm. Brasillo is the offensive line coach, did a fantastic job. He and Josh McDaniels had some synergy. And I talked about this before. Patrick Graham doesn't have that same benefit of the doubt. Patrick Graham still has to establish himself because he doesn't have a track record as a D coordinator. So it worked with the offensive line with an experienced offensive play caller and Josh McDaniels and Carmen Brasillo has worked with him before. But how can we say it's going to work on the other side of the ball with Patrick Graham who's still trying to establish himself as a a quality defensive coordinator? Because we don't even know. There are a lot of fans calling for Patrick Graham to be fired last year. So I'm just saying, let's wait and see approach with him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it, it'll be interesting, man. I mean, it's it, 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 we got a long way to go. Once we get to camp, we get to really dive in and start to uh, think about how this team's going to come together, meld together, what holes they will have. Undoubtedly, people get banged up. There's injuries as well in camp. You got to hope that doesn't happen to anybody, but it usually does, uh, whether it's minor or major. So we'll have to see how it rolls out. Okay, Mo and I are going to take a break when we come back here on Silver and Black today. We're going to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs still has not signed his tender, his uh, his um, tag, his franchise tag tender. So he is not in camp. He's not holding out of minicamp. Yes, it's mandatory, but he has no contract at this point, so he cannot go. We'll talk more about that, what it means, and ask you, should you be worried about this? Uh-oh. We'll have the answer to that question when we come back here on Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. If you don't already subscribe to the show, what are you doing? You're killing us, man. Please do so. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the support from Raider Nation. Wherever you get your podcast or your auto, you can find us. Just look for Silver and Black Today. Turn on your auto downloads. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscriptions button and the notification bells. Mo Moten, Scockle Branson, back with you. And of course, Mo, one of the things dominating the conversation in Raider Nation right now through minicamp is the fact that number eight, yes, he's no longer number 28, number eight, is no long, is not in camp. He has not signed his, um, his tender, his contract, his franchise tag contract, which will be $10.5 million or somewhere around there. So he's not there. It's unsigned. Um, they have until July 17th if they want to work a new deal with Josh Jacobs, which apparently they were talking about, but we have not heard much about if they are or not. Uh, and if they don't do it by then, then he has to sign that contract to play. Or if he didn't, there's ramifications like penalties and whatnot. Let's clear this up f- for folks, Mo. I am not concerned about it right now. And to your point about Jimmy Garoppolo in the first segment, I'm not concerned about Josh Jacobs until camp starts. But this contract situation, give people kind of the, the, the layman's look at uh, a contract when you're playing on a franchise tag, what options players have and why he's not there and why it makes perfect sense. Well, first of all, I want to say Josh Jacobs hasn't had a track record of, you know, practicing with the Raiders during the offseason. I know mandatory minicamp is a different story. Mandatory being the key operator word there. But <laughs> as you said, Josh Josh. Jacobs hasn't signed his franchise tender yet. So technically the Raiders cannot find him for, for not showing up because he's not under contract. So he can't show up anyway. Uh, as you said, it's not until that July 17th deadline period when you can uh, sign franchise tag players to multi-year deals. That is the cutoff point. And if, if a deal is not met at that on that date or by that date, then you have to start to worry because you have to wonder if Josh, Jacobs looks at this roster, and I've said this plenty of times, and says, if you want me to be the main guy, the engine of this offense, you're going to have to pay me like one. And I think with Jimmy Garoppolo's foot injury, that could be going through Josh Jacobs' head. Now, the technicalities of it, as I said, if he holds out during training camp, then he's you know subject to fines or what have you. But I, in my opinion, I think it's going to come down to him having to play out the year on the franchise tag. Now, of course, there are also the po- the possibility of a trade. Usually what happens with trades and franchise tag players is the player signs his franchise tag, and then he's traded to a new team that will give him a new contract. This is what happened with Yannick Ngakwe when he went from, mm-hmm. I believe, Jacksonville to, I, I want to say it was Baltimore or Minnesota, one of the two, because he <laughs> Yannick yeah. Ngakwe had bounced around the league after Jacksonville. He went to Baltimore, Minnesota, and then he went to Baltimore, Minnesota. But between those two teams, they paid him a new contract after he signed his franchise tag because he was done with Jacksonville. It would be the right. same with Josh Jacobs. Again, if he if the Raiders were to trade him, it would probably be a team that is willing to pay him on a new multi-year deal. So not only do not only does Josh Jacobs need uh one a contract, but he's gonna if he's not gonna play for the Raiders, he's gonna have to garner interest from a team that's gonna wanna pay him the money that he's looking for. And it's tough in this market because if we as we have explained before, running backs aren't getting paid this offseason. There's right. there's still talks that Dalvin Cook 
could be cut from the Minnesota Vikings. And he's a multi-time Pro Bowl. I know Pro yeah. Bowl is kind of a could, could be a relatively, you know, eh, <laughs> kind of kind of accolade. But we all know what Dalvin Cook can do on the field. So if a player that if a player that caliber could be cut from the Minnesota Vikings. Josh Jacobs, him looking for a contract, he's stuck in a hard spot right now. And I think when it all comes, when the dust settles, I think he's going to have to wind up playing out the year on his franchise tag. Because if you remember the new CBA agreement, it's very hard for players to kind of hold out and and not lose a lot financially. Now, last year, the new thing was holding in, reporting to camp, but not participating in all the activities to kind of protest your contract. I think that's a possibility of that could happen. But I think it boils down to Jimmy G. If Jimmy G looks like, you know, he's healthy and ready to go, mm-hmm. Josh may have to just swallow his pride and, and, and get out there and, and join his team and play on a one-year tender. If Jimmy G is hampered at, at any level, any capacity at training camp, if I'm Josh Jacobs and his agent, I'm saying, look, your quarterback is already banged up. You're going to need me more than you thought you would. Right. Yeah, and it goes back to your original point. If if he's got to be the engine of the offense, so to speak, uh, the 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 big engine, then he's got to get paid. But you look at the situation too with the Raiders, because had the Raiders exercised his fifth year option, they would be paying him eight million dollars this year. Instead, they're going to pay him ten and a half. So I know I had a question from somebody on Twitter the other day saying, "Well, the Raiders, um, they just wanted to save money." Well, they're not saving money actually. They're paying more money for him, uh, and I just don't sense. Maybe I'm wrong, Mo. As much as I know fans love Josh Jacobs, I love watching the kid play. He's a good guy. Um, I just don't think the Raiders are going to be in a hurry uh, to want to give him a new deal. I, I don't. Why would you? Now, if he goes out and and, and plays good and they can start negotiating in, in the first third of the season, if he goes out and plays, comes to camp, signs his tender, does his thing, uh, then they might be convinced to do it. But I just don't see any business um, advantage to doing that at this point. Oh, by the way, it was Minnesota who saved Yannick and Gokwe from Miss, the dumpster yes. fire that was Jacksonville. And then he <laughs> went to Baltimore, but onto your, onto your topic here. Here's the thing. I, I wanted to make a comment about the, the gentleman who said, well, you know, the Raiders are paying him more. They tried to save money regardless of what the contract situation was. Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs was not going to play out the last year of his contract. Even if they, even right. if they Raiders had exercised, the fifth year option in his contract. Do you think Josh Jacobs, if he's not, if he's, if he's stalling to play for ten point one million on a franchise tag, what makes you think he would have played for eight million on his fifth year option? Yeah. yeah so regardless exactly. of what the Raiders had done, they would have been in this situation where Josh Jacobs Correct. is looking for a new deal because he's coming off of being a rushing champion again. Yeah. If he what if he's not willing to play for ten point one million, he's he was going to be willing to play for eight million on his fifth year option. Now again. As I said, this is going to come down to what Josh Jacobs wants. I'm, I don't know. There have been any reports about what he's asking for as far as a ballpark figure. But I would say I would try to reach out to him with $14 million and see what he says. Because I think $14 million is fair at this point, considering what the running backs have been paid this year. Mm-hmm. It's more than two times of what Miles Sanders signed for with the Carolina Panthers. And Miles Sanders is the top paid running back off the free agent market this yeah. offseason. So yeah. I think $14 million would be more than fair. It's a matter of what Josh Jacobs wants and how he values himself in this offense. Again, if he thinks he's going to have to run for 1,500 yards, he's going to ask for $15 million a year. That's just I, that's just fair, and I understand that. Yeah, and 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 listen, players want longer contracts. I don't, I don't think the Raiders give a running back longer than three years. Why would you? 
Now then, if you want a five-year contract, which I know a lot of running backs ask for, it's like, then you're a 10-year veteran. How many running backs make it to year 10? Not very many. So you have to look at that and you look at a two or a three-year incentive-laden deal with a nice bonus up front to your point about the 14 mil per year. And then you could be in shape there. So, so we'll see what they do. I just get the sense, could be completely wrong, Call it a hunch. I just don't see the Raiders giving him a new deal before July 17th. So then there'll be that little bit of nervous period between July 17th and when camp rolls around and we're watching as guys walk through the door. If he's not there, then there's an issue. And if he is there, is he playing? Is he participating to your point about uh, holding in? So we'll see how it all goes down. I know fans are concerned. I wouldn't be too concerned yet. Wait till camp and then we'll come back to the subject and talk about it unless they do something in between now and then mo i will say this josh jacobs is very vocal on his social media his <laughs> ig his twitter his instagram and yeah. his twitter watch his instagram and twitter over the next few weeks and you'll get to know how he's feeling because sometimes he's very outspoken and, and he and he winds up either deleting the tweet or pulling something back or he maybe he won't and maybe he'll just leave it out there but i i think it's worth noting you know, how he's feeling about this team and where he stands with the organization. But I think when it comes down to, as you said, I think he's going to have to report. I think he's going to hold in. And mm-hmm. then eventually he's going to have to give in because I, like you, I don't see Josh McDaniels giving a running back a ton of money because that's just how he hasn't operated. Well, the Patriots no. haven't operated that way. He comes from that Patriots think tree. So I, I would think that he's going to operate in a similar fashion. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Discussion on Josh Jacobs. When we come back, we're going to get to your questions. One of our favorite times of the week. That is the Raider Nation mailbag. He is Mo. I am Scott. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We'll be right back. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Raider Nation is never shy. You ask, we answer. It's time for the Raider Nation mailbag. What's on your mind, fam? Drop us an email at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Now, it's your time to speak up. All right. Yes, it is. We're in mandatory minicamp week. But we're mandatory answer your questions every week. (laughs) We don't hold in. We don't hold out. We dole out the answers <laughs> to your questions. Yes, everybody. Marv Albert. It's Marv Albert. Albert. <laughs> it's Mo's a Knicks, Knicks fan. I love the Marv Albert impersonation. Garter yeah. belt. Yes. <laughs> to pay from three. John Starks. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> you who are Marv Albert. Uh, anyway, we're getting loopy. It's summertime. Some diamonds. Uh, All right. 
We're going to get to some of our questions, Mo, and uh, they're pretty standard, I would say. One one is about a player we hadn't talked about in a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. That is, of course, Hunter Renfro. So here is Bill from Henderson, Nevada, our first question of the week. He says, Mo and Scott, what are the chances the Raiders still trade Hunter Renfro? I've heard you talking about it, but now we're past June 1st and nothing has happened. Is that a sign it may not what is your gut telling you that again is Bill in Henderson? I can't, man, th this front office is a little difficult to read. You know, I think you go back six, eight weeks ago, we really thought this would, this would be happening at some point. Now I'm not so sure if they're going to deal him uh, because of this, 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 this narrative they put forward, like on the defense at linebacker with divine Diablo and how good he's looked as far as his physique and how he's built himself up and gained that weight. You talked about it earlier on the show. They might stand pat. Do you think they might stand pat with Hunter Renfro because he is a valuable tool? He's a veteran, even with the log jam at, uh, at the slot. Or do you think he's still the most prime candidate to get moved here if the Raiders try to improve somewhere on that defense? Bill from Henderson, listen to me carefully. Listen closely. <laughs> Don't buy that Hunter Renfro jersey. If you plan on buying it, don't oh. buy it yet. Don't buy it yet. If you're going to buy anyone considering buying a Hunter Renfro jersey, don't buy it until after the 2023 season. What go. I will say is this, right? I, I understand. We passed June 1st, so people are wondering, when's the trade going to happen? When's the trade going to happen? A lot of times, these trades don't happen June 2nd. <laughs> I'm just yeah. putting that out there now. Guys like Buda Baker uh, probably will be moved eventually. I just mentioned Dalvin Cook in the last segment. He'll probably cut or move eventually. There's a possibility Kevin Byer from the Tennessee Titans. They asked him to take a pay cut. He could be cut or moved eventually. Uh, we're, we're only a week. We're not even a, we're, we're what, about a week within uh, after June 1st. So right. give it some time. A lot of these GMs and head coaches, they talk about the roster and how they can tweak things during that period between mandatory minicamp and training camp. So this is a six-week period where things could go down. So it, I wouldn't breathe a sigh of relief on Hunter Renfro until preseason. Yeah. If the Raiders hit the first preseason game and Hunter Renfro is still on the roster, then you can kind of breathe a sigh of relief. But even then, if an injury mm -hmm. happens, things could change very quickly. But I will yeah. say if, if they hit August and, and they get to the first preseason game and Hunter Renfro hasn't been moved, it's a possibility they just, just may hold on to him and keep him. Yeah. And I'll tell you, people forget how many moves are made – and, and trade swaps during camp. It happens all the time, especially to your point about injury. Somebody goes down in a camp and a team's desperate to get somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, they dangle Hunter Renfro out there and they might get somebody back in, in, including draft capital. So, so I think you're right, Mo. I think people have to wait and be patient. I know everybody's kind of wanting things to happen quickly, either, even if they don't like it, but, but I agree with you. I, I don't think he's quote unquote safe because of the moves that have been made in the offseason. So we'll have to see when they get into camp what happens there. Uh, and some of the bodies they have in camp, if they're not happy with them, Hunter Renfro could stick around because then suddenly his value goes up because some of the guys you brought in don't pan out or whatever it may be. So it's going to be interesting to watch it. But I know, Bill, you heard what Mo said. Do not buy a Hunter Renfro jersey. You could buy a 13 jersey maybe with no nameplate and then order the nameplate later. Or your own name on it. <laughs> In today's sports world, that is the safest bet, by the way. Get your yeah. own name or a the, classic one. The, the one thing I will say to answer Bill's question, I said on the Bleach Report live show there's a 95% chance that Hunter Renfro will be traded. I said that 
mm-hmm. May 27th. Right now, I would say I'm still at 95% because, as I said, a lot of trades do happen between mandatory minicamp and training camp yeah. or, like you said, during training camp. So I, I'm not budging off my 95% simply because, to me, the writing is still on the wall. And all it takes, even if even if another team doesn't have an injury at wide receiver, what if the Raiders have it, God forbid, an injury somewhere and they need to get a player from another team? They're gonna probably dangle Hunter Renfro out there as the tradable asset. Now I will say what makes Hunter Renfro hard to trade right now is not his contract, it's the fact that he's coming off of an injury riddled injury. down year. Now, if you were trying to trade him after last year, after his Pro mm-hmm. Bowl year, a lot easier, but I'm sure his value has gone down significantly after what he uh, couldn't do in twenty twenty two. Yeah, and still, I there's that possibility he ends up in New Orleans. I still think that's a possibility. <sighs> Quick note on that: I, I was of the belief that that could happen, mm-hmm. but I'm start thinking about it. I don't. I'm not so sure that the, the Raiders are going to want to do the Saints and Derek Carr any Favorite. favors after Derek Carr took a visit with the Saints, got cut because he didn't want to waive his no trade clause, and then signed with the Saints. I, I think the Raiders look yeah. at that and say, well. You screwed us out of a draft pick. Really, they screwed themselves because they gave him the deal. But right. look, you didn't do us any favors. We're not going to do you any favors and, and reunite you with your boy, Hunter Renfro. I, I just think they'll probably send him somewhere else. Interesting. I agree. It should be fun to watch. All right. Bill and Henderson, thank you. Appreciate you uh, writing into the show here during our summer hiatus, if you will, as far as from football goes. But we're getting close. We're getting another month and a half-ish, and we're there. All right. On to Los Gatos, California, up in the Bay Area. Ian, Ian writes in, he says, Hey, Scott and Mo, thanks for the show. You both keep talking about the linebacker spot, and the Raiders seem to be doing nothing to address it. Yes, we talked about that earlier as well. What mm-hmm. happens if they go into the season with what they have now? I know linebacker isn't the key position it used to be, but it really worries me again. Ian in Los Gatos. Mo, you mentioned Divine Diablo at the press conference this week during mm-hmm. camp. Mm-hmm. that he's bulked up, that they might like him. But still, I still have that feeling of, okay, great. Maybe he does, and maybe he proves everybody wrong. He comes out and balls, and great for the Raiders if he does. But going into the season, I think it's, it's, it's in some ways um, worse than last year with the offensive line. You had some guys who had experience there. I think this looks like a bare cupboard to me. I agree, and... It- Here's the thing. And by the way, his name is now Big Swole. That's Devon Diablo's nickname now. Big Swole because God. he came into training camp bulked up. But to, to just, Ian, just like you, I'm the reason we talk about it almost every week, the linebacker group, is because we're as concerned as you, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, looking at this, we're looking at this depth chart and we're saying Devon Diablo and Robert Spillane, Luke Masterson, Darian Butler, uh, Mari Bernie, that's not going to cut it in today's NFL. Not when you have Travis Kelsey in the division. You have more pass-catching tight ends coming into the league. You have pass-catching running backs who can, you know, effective on third down. You need you you just need to upgrade your linebacker. We're not saying these guys won't amount to anything. What we're saying is because of the unproven track record or the limited track record of Robert Spillane in coverage, the Raiders need to go out and get a guy who's shown a lot more on the pro level just to kind of cover themselves just in case Divine Diablo doesn't take the step that they all think he's going to take. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's, and I think for Raider Nation, when I hear, and I was talking to Murph about it the other day on the show with our fan summit with him, basically, and he was saying, you do, do you know how long it's been since we've had consistency in line? It's, 
it, he said, I had hair then. Right. So it's like, it changes, <laughs> it changes everything. And, and it's been a long, so if you're a longtime Raider fan, you know, this, if you're a younger Raider fan, at least you probably have 10 or 15 years in, and you know, that's true. So the fact that it hasn't been addressed, it's a concern every year, but now as they're starting to build this defense to not have at least one player there where you feel like, okay, we got one piece there at least. Okay. We can build around that. Uh, it just doesn't seem like they've done it. So we'll have to see. Now, last year we criticized them up and down and sideways about the offensive line. And it came along towards the end of the year. So, so we'll see what happens, but this one makes me nervous. And I agree with you. Mo. I still think there will be something done. I really do. I'm not saying they're going to fix it all at the position, but if it's Patrick queen, great. Somebody out there will be available and the Raiders will explore it. Whether or not they can consummate the deal will be the big question. It, it's a it's a bad thing we have to bring up Kirk Morrison and Greg Beekert as your <laughs> as consistency at a position. If you're bringing those guys up, when those guys were playing, I was in college or in high school. Yeah, <laughs> Just exactly. to FYI, a long time ago. But but to your point about you think the Raiders are going to do something if they don't go out and get a Patrick Queen or Isaiah Simmons, which would be a dream situation because I don't think the Cardinals are going to trade him. I think Kyle Van Noy is the guy that they probably bring in as a veteran presence just because Devon Diablo is learning the position. He did say that, you know, last year was his first year and Patrick Graham's system. He, so he was nervous. He had to learn on the fly and also he's battling injury. Now he says he feels more comfortable, but you still want that veteran insurance policy. I think Kyle Van Noy could be that guy. Absolutely. There you go. So Ian Los Gatos, thank you for your question. We appreciate it. Uh, as always, next we go to one of our favorite guys who writes into the show all the time, interacts with us on Twitter. That is Jimmy G's hair. <laughs> formerly, formerly Derek Carr's hair, formerly Stidham's, Jared Stidham's hair. So he's going to be, he should be Jimmy G's foot and heal himself. <laughs> <laughs> he, should be, he should be Jimmy G's foot. Oh my gosh. That's good. I love it. Mo with the funny. Nice. Okay. So he says, hi, Mo and Scott. I read an article up on Raider Ramble. Shout out to our good friend, Mario Tovar that talked about the potential for the Raiders to trade for Isaiah Simmons. While I love Simmons, I think that Vegas might already have its solution on the roster. And his name is also Isaiah. And that is Pola Mo. Has great size, is an athletic freak who's moved up and down the box last year. He can add 20 pounds. I think he can really impact the D this year and help slow down those ever so troublesome AFC West tight ends. Love the show. Also, still haven't gotten my t-shirt. Yes, Jimmy G's hair. We know. We have had I've had an issue with our vendor. I swear. It's been terrible, but we're gonna get you your shirt. I appreciate it. Jimmy G's hair. That one, Isaiah Simmons, he brings up Pola Mao. But but you talked about Malcolm Koontz. He put on the weight. We haven't seen uh, Paolo Mal yet to see if he's done, if he's built up or stocked up. I don't see what he saw last year. Um, I saw a little bit here and there and thought, okay, interesting player. But I didn't really see anything that made him pop out to Mimo. He had some he had some plays here and there where right. you thought, okay, there there could be something there. Now remember, this is the relative of of uh, Troy Paolo Mal. Just yeah. putting that out there. Um, with Paul Lamont, I think there were there were some rumors that he did put on some weight, and there were, there were some rumors that he could possibly move to the linebacker position. I don't think that's the case, but I, I think Paul Lamont is just going to be one of those guys where he's going to have to show out in preseason. If he's going to take on a bigger role, he's going to have to have a big preseason for that to happen. And he did have some flashes last year, as I said, but just not enough to get a lot of playing time. Now he was undrafted, so he's going to he had a steep hill to climb. 
Right. But I see why some fans may have been excited about him because number one, the Rays don't have much at the linebacker <laughs> position. So you don't have much at a position. You're just looking for anyone, yes. anyone to step up. But no, in all seriousness, I think I think again, Palomar could be someone who's a reserve backup rotational player, but I don't see him as like someone who could break out in 2023. He's going to be somebody that's going to be a part of your depth on, on, on the defensive side of the ball. What I will say about Isaiah Simmons is not to steal Maritovar and, and the Red Rambles Thunder. I did bring up Isaiah Simmons recently. And as I said, briefly uh, in relation to the last question, I don't think the Cardinals are going to trade him. I mm-hmm. think it's just a matter of a new regime coming in and saying, we're not going to exercise your fifth year option simply because we don't know you like that. We want right. to see you play before we pay you any type of money. And, re- and remember, I think he was doing eight figure salary, I think 12.7 million if they exercise that fifth year option. And just like the safety position inside linebacker is not a premium position. So teams mm-hmm. aren't willing to pay big money for those guys. So I think they were hope- not hoping, but I think they're hoping that they can get him for a lesser deal in 2024 versus the 12.7 million. They would have owed him in 2024. There you go. Jimmy G's hair. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate the question as always. And of course, that's our last one for the day, Mo. Ended with the best for last, right? Jimmy G's here is our there you go. guy. Yes, all good questions. And there's so many question marks with yeah. this team. And we're just gonna have to wait a couple <laughs> weeks. Uh, but we're gonna have we're gonna get some outside perspective. We got some guests working on our producer Mike is working on some guests for the next couple weeks. So we're gonna bring you some folks from around the league, give you a perspective of the Raiders from outside the bubble that is Raider Nation that we're all in here. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll also take a look at some books this summer. Yes, books. You got time. You're sitting at the pool. Summer You're reading. The summer reading tour. We like to do that. So we'll do that as well uh, as uh, take a break here and now. And then Mo and might just say, hey, you know, we're, we're not going to have a show Thursday. We're, uh, we're going to have avocado smoothies and hang out and uh, listen to the motorcycles run down the streets of New York. Uh, but no, we're... I would invite people over to New York City, but we're having an air quality issue right now. The sky is orange, so yes. avoid New York right now. Avoid the it, Northeast period right now. It's it's bad. Those fires in Canada, shout out to those folks. If we have any listeners up in Canada, hope you're staying safe. Yep, but it is impacting the, impacting the Northeast. It's impacting some of the Great Lakes area down here into Ohio, southern Ohio, northern Kentucky, West Virginia. It's crazy how big it is. So uh, everybody stay safe out there. Uh, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens now, Mo, after this wraps up the the mini camp, the mandatory mini camp, uh, and and hopefully nobody gets hurt stepping off a curb or something like that. God forbid. But we'll see how it all happens and we'll see how it goes. We'll wrap that up on Tuesday just to give you some more impressions and, and see what popped out of camp. But Mo, first of all, make sure people know what you got coming up both on Bleacher Report and on Sports Not the remainder of this week or weekend. Well, if you're listening to me right now, in a few hours, I'll be live on Bleacher Report, just going over things that went down at Minotaur Minicamp at OTA. It's just my early takeaways and just looking ahead of what I expect at training camp. I will also have a piece up on Sports Not later this week, just going over some of the things that I talked about or will talk about on the Bleacher Report live show, just going over some key takeaways of, of the roster. Again, not a lot of hardcore things that can pinpoint and say this guy's going to start this guy's going to be second unit this guy's going to have a breakout year but just kind of the early feelings of what I, how i think things are going to pan out offense and defense and special teams maybe you know who knows maybe the raiders make a move i, I see that they could probably get better at a certain position i mentioned a, a name or two today i'm sure a lot of fans are tired of hearing me shout about <laughs> patrick queen so i'll throw out some new names for for people to to think about and we'll see how it pans out if Patrick Queen gets traded to the Raiders, 
We have to collectively send Mo a Patrick Queen jersey. We have to. Oh, I mean, it's, it's just gonna happen. Like, because he will have made, he will have wished it into existence. It will have been Mostradamus who made it happen. He predicted it, but he just didn't predict it. He made it happen. I would have to give the jersey to my wife because I would feel some type of way leaving my house with Queen on my back as a male. So I, I think I would save it for my future wife and then she can wear it and rock it and she could celebrate Master Jones being who he who he is today. Well, if he becomes a Raider, we're going to have him on the show and ask him that question. So how did you walk around with, you know, how did you feel with the last name Queen? So we'll ask. But, but I hear you on that one. That would be tough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. All right, Mo, we will talk to you on Tuesday, man. Sounds good. All right, for our producer, Mike, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. That's right. You can only get it from Odyssey. You can also get it wherever you listen to your audio. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the auto-download button so every time we have a new show, it's pushed directly to your device. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you again. Hit the subscription and the notifications bell. We appreciate it. Everybody, have a great weekend. Stay safe out there in the summer as it wraps up. For those of you in the Northeast, you might have to wear some sort of mask outside. I know the last thing anybody wants to do again is wear a mask, but these fires are crazy. So be careful out there, and we will talk to you guys again on Tuesday. Take care.